between the life we see and the world we dream, there are stories when they are told. Nightmares become imagination. So please. Thomas, you aren't. Hello to the guild. I hope the craving hasn't left you yet. Welcome to the Dim Light Anxiety Podcast. I am your host, Giggles. <laughs> I like to laugh my way through being frightened. Trust me, you don't want to go to a haunted house with me. Well, unless you like bringing humor to a tense situation. Considering you are listening to this podcast, I have a feeling you might. <laughs> As you can see, I am in full swing of celebrating the spooky season now that we are in October. I am full of anticipation. Patient. And have every speaker tuned into scary or mystical tale of some sort. What are you guys listening to in order to celebrate the season? Last week's story was actually the first piece I wrote for this podcast. Since starting, I have written so many stories after not really writing for years. And I don't know, like, ever since it just clicked. Like, I don't know why I haven't been writing horror my whole life, essentially. (laughs) So that's why I wanted to extend it to other people. No one wants to hear just one's voice or one side of things, and it had such a positive side effect on me that I decided to use it as a way to also inspire others as well. To inside your head, feel like, what's the point? It's not going to get you anywhere. So, what you get is inspiration and drive from writing. Even if it's a short story or a nightmare, you had when you were a kid, but you just couldn't forget the way it made you feel. I want to hear them all because you do. We all do. Our overactive brains can't help but come up with worst-case scenarios. Try playing with that a bit. You'd be amazed at how you can give a legitimate fear less power just by making it into a story. And then you can send those nightmares to dimlightanxiety at gmail.com. Halloween is so close and I can't stand it. Have you guys been following along with my scary movie lineup? Do you have any suggestions? What's your favorite scary movie? (laughs) We are continuing on today with one of my favorite series. The Craving Finally Returns. Here's where we left off last time. What fucking hell, I exclaimed in frustration, slamming my fist against the window of the door. I aimlessly walked around, absolutely stumped. All the staircases were locked. It was as, as if they didn't want anyone descending any further. Are they hiding something? What's the motive? Left with nothing else, I decided to try for the elevator again. The doors were still open, so I stepped back in 
and pressed the first floor button again. Nothing happened. I pressed it again and again. I was about to break it. Come on, fucking work, I exclaimed, pounding the button with my fist. Suddenly, the speakers let out a small ding. My head perked up, noticing the door slowly closing. I stepped back, a satisfied smile on my face. The elevator jolted down a bit, but stayed stuck. I looked down, my blood beginning to boil. I instantly lost my balance as the elevator began to drop. I stumbled to the wall, holding the metal bar as the elevator screeched. Everything shook as I descended at full speed until it crashed at the bottom floor. I groaned as I fell to the ground. I looked up at the floor number, but the light had broken. It wasn't hard to guess that I had hit the basement. Submitted for the approval to the guild with dim light anxiety, I call this story The Tale of the Craving Returns, Part 1. Titled Crave 2, Part 2. By the talented Reddit author, username Sugarfruit33. I stood up, dropped the axe, and forced my fingers between the elevator doors. I grunted as I used all my strength to force them open, barely able to get it to even separate by an inch. I let go, taking deep breaths. Then a light bulb lit above my head. I lifted the axe and jammed the blade between the doors. I pushed against the handle, the metal creaking as it separated. I pushed harder, trying to make enough space for my hand to fit through. Suddenly the blade snapped off the wood, clanking to the ground. I quickly shoved my hand between the doors to stop it from closing, and dr I dropped the handle, using both hands to pry the door open. When they were successfully opened, I picked up the handle and blade. There was no way of reattaching them. It was useless as a weapon, and I tossed them in the corner of the elevator and stepped into the basement. I wrapped my goosebump-ridden arm around myself, the temperature dropping quickly. The basement was dark and bleak. The walls and floors a gray stone, weak lights illuminating the hall. I slowly continued on, my bare feet slapping against the floors. I peered around the corner at, at the end of the hall. It was vastly empty, rusted pipes that clanked as heat pumped through them lined the walls. I turned the corner, observing a few different rooms as I walked past. Most of them were unhelpful to me, things like the janitor's closet or plumbing, rooms that rang with sounds of steam. None of them were a staircase or an elevator, so they were useless. Until I reached the end of the hall and found a room that wasn't like the others. 
I stopped in front of it as strange sounds caught my ears. There were two big green doors, screw holes where a sign once was. I hesitantly pressed my ear against the door. The sounds were unrecognizable, possibly pumping sounds. What was more concerning was what sounded like human grumbling. Disturbed, I pulled away from the door, looking down at the paint-chipped doorknob. I was too curious, so I reached for it, slowly turning the handle. I opened the door just a crack, peeking inside. It was hard to get a good look, so I continued to open the door further. When it was fully open, my jaw crashed to the ground. I, I couldn't process what I was seeing. About a dozen people hung from the ceiling, their hands and feet stretched out and tied to hooks. Some of them were presumably doctors wearing white coats. Others seemed to be patients wearing hospital gowns. Ventilation masks covered their mouths, appearing to be pumping oxygen. The dangling tubes were attached to the tall, thin, steel tanks. I slowly approached the tanks, my wide eyes locked on the person it was attached to. They appeared to be unconscious. I looked down at the tank, detaching the tube from it. I hesitantly gripped the knob, slowly turning it. Suddenly, a jolt ran through my body as an ear-piercing sound exploded from the tank. I quickly sealed it again, reattaching the tube, my ears still ringing. That was not oxygen. sounded like a scream. I looked up, slapping my hand against my mouth to hold in a shout as I crossed gazes with the person. They stared at me, fear in their eyes. What happened to you? I whispered as I removed my hand from my mouth. He tried to speak, but was unable to, letting out panicked groans. Then I noticed something I hadn't seen before. Rubber cups were attached under his eyes, sewn into his skin. Clear tubes ran from the cups to the ground, the end of them sitting in a glass jar. I kneeled down, leaning close to see inside. There was a bit of water inside. It didn't make any sense. I looked back at the cups and back down at the jar, trying to make the connection. Then my head jerked up as I realized. They were all connected to the tanks, and jars too. I slowly stepped backwards, trying to take in the room as its full scale. I blinked rapidly, still trying to understand what I was looking at. I yelped as I suddenly bumped into something whipping around as the sound of glasses clinked together. I had hit a shelf. 
Glass jars and bottles clumped together. I lifted a jar, a piece of tape stuck to it. Tears was written across it. They seemed to be storing them. I slid them around, grabbing a bottle. I ran my finger over the label as I read it. Fear, it read. I twisted the cap off, almost dropping the bottle as a scream suddenly rang out. I ripped around to see if anyone else down here heard me, was with me. Confused, I turned back around and grabbed another bottle with the same label. Again, a disturbing scream was let out as I twisted the cap off. Are they bottling screams? How is that even possible? I looked over at the tanks, everything making more sense while getting even more confusing. It's not oxygen in the tanks. It's, it's screams. I shifted around a few more bottles, reading labels like laughter and anger and other emotions. I, I didn't know why, but they managed to contain human emotions. What were they using these emotions for? My train of thought was cut off as the people began to groan. I turned around, realizing they had all woken up. They were wriggled around, screaming under the masks as they knocked jars over, their eyes locked on me. My eyes shifted around to each of them. I wanted to help, but I didn't know how. Suddenly, loud footsteps began to echo from down the hall. I quickly slid into the corner, bunching up into a ball and paying whoever it was would go away. But of course, nothing was ever that easy. As I heard them getting closer, but the people wouldn't stop wiggling around. They wanted my help so desperately. I felt guilty, but I was left with no choice. I held my breath, pressing my knees against my chest as someone walk it, walked in. The people stopped moving at the sight of her presence. Calm down. You're making a mess for nothing, she berated them. She stood a few jars up, menacingly walking in front of them. She randomly stopped in front of one of them caressing her finger across their face. What made you think that was going to work? She asked in a childish, condescending tone. Their bulging eyes turned to me. She took notice of this. Have you seen a ghost or something? She asked, turning around. We lock eyes, my body paralyzed with pins and needles. Within seconds, she came lunging at me. I impulsively grabbed a bottle off the shelf, smashing it against her head before she could reach me. The glass shattered, a deafening scream bursting from the bottle. She stumbled around, plugging her ears as blood trickled down her forehead. I ran out the door pushing myself off the wall as I fell into it. I flew down the hall, my heart beat in sync with my pounding footsteps. I hooked around the corner, almost crashing to the ground. I passed the elevator and found the staircase that she had come from. I tugged on the doorknob on the brink of crying.
as it was locked. I noticed under the knob was a keyhole. I then realized she probably had keys and that I'd have to remove them from her corpse when I murdered her. The basement had nothing to defend myself, so I'd have to get creative. I peered around the corner, watching as she limped out of the room, a bottle in her hand. She stood in the middle of the hall, twisting the cap off the bottle. She quickly shoved the neck of the bottle into her mouth, a scream puffing up her cheeks as it rang in her throat. She swallowed the scream, beginning to breathe heavily. Then I realized they're not just storing human emotions. They're consuming them. I observed from behind the wall as she growled with each breath, her skin slowly turning red and her irises glowing. And finally, dark goat-like horns began to erect from her head stopping as they curled. I felt like I was trapped with an enraged bull. She began storming down the hall, her feet practically about to crack the ground. Unable to hide, I needed to find something to defend myself with. I looked around, filled with hopelessness by the emptiness, until I noticed a hanging pipe, water dripping out of the end. I quickly ran out in her of her line of sight, latching onto the pipe as I tried to break it off. She came barreling towards me as I pulled harder. When she was too close for comfort, I snapped the pipe off and swung at her. I smashed the side of her head, leaving me shocked as the pipe bounced off her head, the metal vibrating. She stood unharmed. Her head had dented the pipe. It was like hitting a boulder. She yanked the pipe from my grip, swiftly swinging it at my head instead. I tumbled into the wall as my ear rang, blood instantly dripping down my face. My head pounded as I tried to see straight. Before I could even try to stand up, she wrapped her hand around my neck. She had a grip of a gorilla as she lifted me off the ground, about to crunch my throat. I grabbed at her arm as she hung me in the air, bubbling through my teeth. Oh no, come on Maria, we are all rooting for you. You got this. You're going to win. I know it. Please. <laughs> Good thing there's another part next week. Not sure if I could stand the wondering, however. I don't know if you can, but uh, I just want to be okay. <laughs> now for the business portion. Check out the website for all the information on how to follow the guild on social media. The website is the name of the podcast, Dim Light Anxiety, with a .com at the end. That's dimlightanxiety.com. You can also try typing Dim Light Anxiety into any social media platform and see if, if I pop up. <laughs> I think I have an account on most of them, so some are just more active than others. 
but don't be shy. Reach out to me. I promise I will respond as quickly as I can. Give me feedback. Tell me stories. Share memes with me. I am here for it all. <laughs> Other than that, please give me a five-star rating on the platform you listen to this episode today if you enjoyed it. It really helps me with getting others to join in with the scared laughter and getting our writers the attention they deserve. So that's all for today. Here is the last bit of today's episode to end our spooky rendition. Hopefully this can satisfy your craving, at least until next week. Her eyes were ignited as they stared at me. Then she tossed me across the hall. I flew through the air till I crashed into the ground, feeling like my ribs cracked on impact. With no time to stay down, I lifted myself with the last drops of adrenaline I had left and began stumbling down the hall. I desperately searched for a room to hide in as she stayed on my tail. I threw the janitor's closet door open, quickly throwing myself in and slamming the door shut. She immediately began tugging at the doorknob. After I twisted the lock, I stepped backwards, pressing my back against the shelf, knocking over bottles of cleaning supplies. She began hitting the door repeatedly. I needed to find a weapon fast. If she had the strength to bend a metal pipe, She had the strength to break down the door. I searched the room in a panic, throwing around mops and bottles. I declared this meeting of the guild with dim light anxiety closed. Hopefully, You are as resourceful as Maria. Until next week, creep it real. (laughs) This podcast does not condone any physical harm on yourself or others. These are fictional stories intended only for entertainment.